Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include man versus machine, my interview with Candor's Tom Booker on how AI is impacting the underwriting space, and the latest housing data for Markets to Digest. Today's podcast is brought to you by Encino, maker of the Encino Mortgage Suite, built for the modern mortgage lender. The Encino Mortgage Suite's three core products, Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics, unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. See how Encino can support a homeownership journey that both your borrowers and your team will love at Encino.com. Sports fans and sports bars are reveling. NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, and Philadelphia is in the thick of it. The word technology was mentioned about 4,698 times this week at the conference in Philadelphia, and if you're wondering what a great use for AI is, Augie Del Rio summed it up nicely. Machine will always beat a person. A person with a machine will always beat a machine. One of the messages this week was how lenders are shedding, yes, shedding, expensive unused technology in an effort to cut costs. It's easier said than done, but IT staffs are hard at work evaluating usage and expenses across the industry. Changing subjects slightly, let's talk about conventional conforming loan limits. Despite the official word not expected for a month and a half, that hasn't stopped some groups from preempting the FHFA's calculations and announcement by coming out with their own 2024 conventional conforming loan limits. It's always best to check with the company itself, but a quick tally shows that Guild, PennyMac, CMG, Supreme, SWBC, Guaranteed Rate Companies, United Wholesale, Rocket, Arch, Enact, Essent, and National MI have all raised their limits pretty much to the easy-to-remember 750000 This, despite misleading headlines claiming falling real estate values. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Candor's Tom Booker to talk about AI developments in the underwriting space. He's Chief Strategy Officer at Candor and brings more than 30 years of experience in securities, technology, product development, and solution delivery to Candor. It's been a while since I spoke with someone from Candor, and, and I kind of want to get a general update about what's what's been new at the company, the, the trials and tribulations, what you've been dealing with, what's going on over there? Well, Candor, uh, just like every other company in the mortgage industry, has had to deal with the the market dynamics and the interest rates, and frankly, the challenges all of our customers, lenders and investors and other actors in the mortgage business have had to, to navigate. Uh, we're doing so just like everyone else. Uh, we've launched some new capabilities. We've launched a new point of sale capability that I've been a big part of, and we are working more to develop the parts of our product that would help make it more usable and more available to loan officers as part of using the, our capabilities as prospecting tools. So um, challenging environment, but we're not standing still. That's the message I'd like to leave you with. How has Candor dealt with this challenging environment? I know consolidation, uh, mergers and acquisitions, layoffs, those are kind of buzzwords in the mortgage industry right now. That's correct. Um, well, we, we've had to use the same remedies that others have. Um, I think many people found themselves, many companies found themselves in circumstances 
where they had more resource in areas that were driven by production than they than they required and uh, had to make some changes. The We did the same thing. We had some reductions in force um, earlier in the year, and we had a, a, a second recently. And the company has done that really to make sure we're in a position to, one, support our current customers, and two, to be able to advance, being able to work on fewer things, but specific things we think are pertinent to the pertinent and relevant to the challenges lenders are facing now. So I think that, that you know, Robbie, to go a little deeper there, um, yes, we've had to rechange, we had to rethink, we've had to reorganize and reorient. And we we're doing those things as we speak. Well, let's talk about AI a little bit in general, because AI has certainly been the term of the year in the mortgage industry in 2023. And there's a ton of interest in AI in the mortgage business. Where do you feel like this is coming from and how do you feel like it's being applied? What's interesting, so I, I, I think a lot of the focus on AI as, as a specific set of technologies that are getting some interest has really been driven not so much by um, neural networks or any of the other methods of deploying algorithms, but it's really been driven by the whole large language models and chatbots and the, and the, and the consumer facing or the or the market facing attributes of AI. Um, one of the things I'd like to say, just as a precursor to this discussion, is that AI has been around since the 50s. And actually, the brand of AI we use, which are called expert systems, has been the oldest branch of artificial intelligence kinds of technologies that have been used. So these aren't new technologies. The fact that they are facing markets and commercial consumers in such a prominent way is relatively new and is relatively uh, exciting. When I say relatively, uh, I, I'm not meaning to downplay, but I, but I do think in terms of solving problems, there's still some work to do. And how, what do you feel like is realistic expectations for the mortgage industry from AI as a set of technologies? Well, it's, it's interesting. So AI encompasses, as I said, neural networks, expert systems, all types of algorithms, natural language processing is a whole stack of technologies. Let's take a moment and just say, boy, AI is, is a big box of capabilities that we can deploy a number of different ways. So just like what we've learned how to do in software engineering, you've got to learn to begin to build the stack of capabilities that are necessary to most ably and um, uh, rationally solve the problems you're trying to solve. So the the way I like to think about this is AI really is going to help us think about the production problems we have with things like underwriting and processing and quality control and pricing loans and begin to think about them less as process problems and more as analytical problems, problems we need to solve. And there's a big difference between thinking about a process problem versus an analytical problem. Um, but I think that's one of the big things that's going to help shift our thinking because in order to solve an analytical problem, you don't solve it for 80% of the problems that present. You must solve it for 100%. Whereas in many times as we engineer software, we engineer software for um, a specific set of um, outcomes that are within the band of tolerance. We don't solve it for, solve for every outcome because it's too difficult to do so. Analytical Content analytic techniques allow you to do that. 
So what I would say is AI is going to offer us the opportunity to begin to treat many of the challenges that we think are process challenges as analytical challenges and to treat them more like they solve an analytical problem. How do I figure out a way to get answers that that can be utilized in every situation and resolve every time, resolve the same way every time that problem is presented? Are there any examples you feel like you can give of that where we'll, we'll see this shift? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example right now. I mean, if you look at what we're doing and what many folks are doing in terms of trying to either, uh, in our case, I'll just speak to us. I, I can't really speak to others with any uh, any uh, gravitas. Um, we take underwriting instead of treating that as a process problem. We treat it as a set of problems that are about data corroboration of data and the application of rules. And in those three circumstances, you don't look at that in terms of how a human or how one processes it. You're trying to draw the right relationships and equations to be able to, one, get the right data with the right trust. Secondly, be able to analyze that data and corroborate it against something to validate it. And then thirdly, apply rules in a uniform way. That's a method that I would call is that's how you solve a problem. That's it's it's not a procedural approach. It's actually an analytical approach. And in my opinion, that's the kind of opportunity that we face with everything that looks procedural. Like, how do we process a loan? What documents do we need? How do we get the data off of the documents? How do we make sure what we've done from a quality control perspective meets the standards that we expect? That's going to be less about how we run a process to do it and how we use people to do the work. And more about how we use machines and, and, and mathematics and other techniques to be able to evaluate the data and come to specific conclusions that both scale and are repeatable across a broad our base of problems. What flies in the future for Candor? Where do you, how do you feel like Candor continues to evolve, uh, win business, grow market share? Uh, make itself the best possible company it can be? Um, Candor is going to begin to offer services and, and and is beginning to offer services, as I said, that, that really do begin to bring tools like artificial intelligence to the point of sale and to some of the activities that are marketing activities like prospecting and being able to qualify borrowers quickly with a high degree of certainty so that the promises you make in 90, in 90 minutes at the beginning of the process are actually the processes you can fulfill to close the loan. That's one way. Two, you're going to see more and more, in my opinion, of the handling of data and documents done by machines and more and more of the judgments based upon machine vision, i.e. a machine read this document versus a human reading this document. And a machine is going to use a set of algorithms to make a judgment. But thirdly, I think one of the big things that that we're going to see in terms of AI, is we're going to one of the things we, we discount about the way um, these kinds of tools work is that they actually give people more ability to do more things. And I'll give you an example. If if we wanted to be able to tell a borrower every loan they've been approved for, right now that's an impossible task to do because we'd have to have human underwriters under underwrite a number of different scenarios. You should be able to both not only tell a consumer what every loan they've been approved for, but you can also begin to work with that to come with the consumer 
around their goals and objectives to make sure that the loan that they're looking to to uh, to close actually meets an objective that's going to make them uh, sustain their home ownership or meet their budget or whatever the case may be. So I guess I would group group what you're going to see in AI in three areas. One, you're going to see it be applied to problems that that are really focused on marketing and at the point of sale. Two, you're going to see a lot more effort to make these problems, to make more of AI in terms of managing all of the steps of solving the problems available, that, that, that the evidence themselves in the mortgage business. And then the third thing, it's going to change actually the way people interact with people. We're going to have more information available with less effort to be able to get better outcomes with borrowers. And that to me is all upside. I'm excited. I, I think it's really neat where we're going here, Tom. Uh, and I agree that it's going to free up people to do a lot more interesting and, and meaningful uh, tasks within their day. So thank you very much for the time, sir. I appreciate it as always. Thank you, Robbie. The U.S. market receives a fair bit of housing data this week, and we learned yesterday that housing starts increased 7.0% month over month in September to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.358 million units, though that was below expectations. Single-unit starts were up 3.2%, which is welcome for a supply-challenged housing market. Building permits declined 4.4% month-over-month to a seasonally-adjusted annual rate of 1.473 million, as weakness was concentrated in permits for multi-unit dwellings. The Federal Reserve's Beige Book for October described overall economic activity since September as little change from August. Manufacturing activity was mixed, though the overall outlook improved in some districts. Overall employment increased slightly, while prices grew at a modest pace. Consumer spending was mixed, while tourism continued to improve. Loan demand declined slightly to modestly, while consumer credit was stable. Speaking of the Fed, New York Fed President Williams said that he is not ready to declare victory over inflation, while Fed Governor Waller said that he expects that one more rate hike will be needed. Today's calendar includes Philadelphia manufacturing for October, weekly jobless claims, existing home sales in September, Treasury's announcement of month-end supply, a Treasury auction of $22 billion of five-year tips, Freddie Mac's latest primary mortgage market survey, and several Fed speakers, including Chair Powell. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 4.88 after closing yesterday at 4.90%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. How to wash a cat. Thoroughly clean the toilet and add the required amount of shampoo to the toilet water. Have both lids lifted. Obtain the cat and soothe it while you carry it towards the bathroom. In one smooth movement, put the cat in the toilet and close both lids. You may need to stand on the lids so that the cat cannot escape. Caution, do not get any part of your body too close to the edge, as the cat's paws will be reaching out for any purchase they can find. Flush the toilet three or four times. This provides a power wash and rinse, which I've found to be quite effective. Have someone open the door to the outside and ensure that there are no people between the toilet and the outside door. Stand behind the toilet as far as you can and quickly lift both lids. The now clean cat will rock it out of the toilet and run outside where it will dry itself. Sincerely, the dog. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Encino, maker of the Encino Mortgage Suite.
with three products tailored to the needs of the modern mortgage lender, Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics. They're empowering institutions to unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.